Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from December the 3rd, 1988. I am sitting here with Hard Body Harper and not Doc Turner. Man, Doc's got a good problem. He's busy working, so he couldn't join us this week, so I had to call an audible. So I want to welcome in my old pal and friend from the wrestling podcast about nothing to join Harper and I, Mean Mike Crockett. Michael Crockett. Not related to David Crockett and the Crockett's from Jim Crockett Promotions. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's been many years. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Um, I, I'm I, Lance was busy too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, where the fuck's Lance at? <laughs> so this is like he's like the fucking Von Eric cousin. Who's this asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the Von Eric cousin? Lance or my or Crockett? Crockett. <laughs> God, that's kind of insulting, man. I mean, you... <laughs> God, whatever I mean... happened, that fucking guy, Lance Von Eric. Yeah. Well, they kind of buried him on world class television for one, <laughs> which was messed up in many ways. But yeah, he's around. If I was Lance, I could probably tell you, but uh, I'm not, so I have no idea about world class. So <laughs> I-, I love it. I love it because when Lance fills in, Hopper ribs him, and now he's not here. He's like, well, where the hell's Lance? Uh, go ahead, Hopper. Imitate <laughs> imitate Lance while you're at it. Uh, I got my program oh, yeah, from yeah, uh, 1987. That was, in, uh, um, that was a show in 1985, yeah, when uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Von Erics defeated uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was a good show. Uh, I got the program right here. Michael Hayes <laughs> farted on it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> messed up, Hopper. That's you're going to up, hell, man. man. He's a good you're- guy. He really is. He's one of the good, nicest guys you ever know. No, so with Lance, Lance is also lucky, too, with coronavirus going on. He's actually got a lot more hours at work as well. So, uh, Crockett, you're subbing for the two guys that had to work. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, yes. Well, thankfully, my hours have been cut, so I can be here tonight. Your hours have been cut, and the wrestling podcast about nothing is on an extended hiatus, so you actually have time to podcast now, which is a beautiful thing for me tonight and us this week. So thank you, and, and welcome to the show. Hopper, how you doing, man? I know you're still in quarantine as we speak, but you're going to be going back to work soon, so that's a good yeah. thing, and I know you can't wait. Burying dogs and watching Netflix. <laughs> that's what I've been fucking doing. That's nice, man, I guess. I know it sucks. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace. Archie. Was that your dog's Best. name? 
Yeah. The dog was not could, named after Archie Manning, though. He was. He well, he's a collie, and collies are from Scotland, and that's a Scottish name. So that's why he got the name Archie. That's nice. Who named him? You or or Mama Hopper? I think my dad named him. Oh, it, it depends on who you ask. My mom says it was named after fucking Archie Manning, but my dad named him because he was he's a co- a collie, and they're Scottish. And that's a Scottish name. The world may never know the origins know. of Archie. Hopper's um, collie. There you go. Rest in peace, Archie. We're sorry you are, are leaving us or have left us. Um, all right. So um, we are on the, on the I guess, uh, I don't say the eve, but we're on the cusp of the next Clash of Champions 4. So Crockett and I are planning on doing that one uh, shortly, actually, in a, in a few days. So you, that will come out before the next weekly show, uh, Clash 4. That was December the 6th, I believe, of 1988. So that, won't be, that one will be coming up soon. So there's that. But before we get into all that in this week's episode, I want to give a special shout out to our largest page contributors monthly, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, Joe Ice. Thank you for your patronage each and every month. And I hope you, you guys enjoyed the bonus show that dropped with uh, Dr. Blassie talking coronavirus and many other things that dropped uh, before last week's weekly show. So there you have that. Also, a couple of shout outs for our new Patreon members and folks who bumped up their pledge. Thomas Yarber, a new Patreon member, new BTT Hall of Fame Patreon member. So, Thomas, thank you for signing up. Uh, Michael Jackson bumped up his pledge and is now a BTT Hall of Fame Patreon member. Michael or Mikhail, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Anthony Rankin, longtime BTT Patreon member, bumped up his pledge as well to become a Hall of Fame patron. So thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Thank you, Mr. Yarber. We appreciate the pledges and your bump ups and all that good thing and if you're all that good stuff. And if you're not a patron, become one. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Great way to support this show. Get extra content, including those wor- those pay-per-views and like I said, the next Clash of the Champions that is coming up uh, in just a few days. Um, Hopper, you got anything before hey, we Mike. jump into? Yeah, go ahead. What you got, man? Sorry, how, how many people you got on Podbean still after you started the Patreon? There's still about 31 or 32 patrons on Podbean that haven't moved over really? to Patreon. Yeah. See, come let on, me, guys, let, move over. You get video well, content over on Patreon. You get video content over on Patreon, but you know what I think it is, Crockett? I think it's because Podbean is is like. For some people, they really like the app. Steven Javorski, your buddy, Hopper, he loves Podbean, just so you know. Yeah, he can crank them off. He can crank them off real easy on Podbean. He does it every week. But anyway, uh, like he he has told me, he's he sent me messages saying, man, I love Podbean. So he doesn't want to make the move. And I think there's a lot of people like that who just love Podbean. Also, I've noticed something about Podbean that is not true of even Apple Podcasts and some of the other podcast apps. For whatever reason... When it drops at every Thursday and Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Time, it's there at 7 p.m. Central Time. For whatever reason, Apple, uh, Google Play, all the other apps out there, sometimes it takes a while for it to drop on those platforms for whatever reason. I don't know. Did you have that problem with the WPAN? Did you ever you ever notice that? I have. That's why I mentioned it. I, I, a couple times on Podbean, actually, I've seen it be delayed a little bit, but... Uh, for for the most part, Podbean's been good to me. So, well, it was good to me, I should say. But uh, yeah, I was just curious about uh, the uh, Podbean thing as opposed to the Patreon. I think just everyone move over to Patreon, except for Steven. He can stay where he is. 
he can he can keep cranking them off over on Podbean. <laughs> oh, you, you can crank off better. You got you got a video, right? That's that's what you crank off to, right? <laughs> he can crank off looking at Hopper. Hopper still shot on video. There you go, Steven. <laughs> that's so stupid. I never got that shit. I mean, what do you? Why? What are you seeing? That's so. You see something. This is what all those videos look like. It's some motherfucker with the camera right in their face, and there's the bookshelf behind them with some <laughs> like with, with like figurines or the football helmet or their favorite team on the bookshelf or so, or some shit like that. I mean, is that worth fucking looking at? Oh, you mean like 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 a video podcast? Yeah. People, yeah, I don't. Get, ours isn't like that. It's it's actually just still shots of us and then the video of the promos plays while we talk about it. So we're not actually on video. Um, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like you, like you see it on some people. They do. Jim Cornette went on a rant about that recently on his show. He's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "He's like, do TV or do audio? It's either or. Don't do don't do a podcast for video just so that you can see your face talking into a camera." Yeah, fuck that. Well, now that we got that out the way, you know, what's that? Uh, what's that old saying, Crockett, for those type of people that like that type of thing? They like that type of thing. How do you say it? Yeah, the people like that. The uh, Yeah, you had it, I guess. Yeah. OK. First okay. one. The first <laughs> one. Uh, Crockett, you got anything before we get into this week's show? No. Uh, uh, well, one thing. Um, this the, the dust, Dusty Rhodes things from last week. Uh, you know the big angle with the Road Warriors. That is the actually the first thing I ever remember seeing from Jim Crockett Promotions. I uh, became a fan in '88, and of course I'm for those who don't know I'm from the Northeast, uh, Boston area, and so you know WWF is my thing. And WrestleMania Four was like the first big show I saw. Um, but the first time I remember putting on TBS, I remember that angle, and uh, it's really interesting that I'm coming on like right after that angle had happened. It really freaked me out. I don't think I watched again for a while after I saw that angle. It was uh, it was pretty nutty, especially for so, a guy you know used to the cartoon wrestling in the Northeast. So wait. That was the first thing from the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, you you had ever seen was Dusty getting spiked. That's like the first thing I remember seeing from yeah from from Jim Crockett Promotions. Yeah, God, that's amazing. It's weird. I, I remember it. I remember it without. Was it pixelated originally? No, no, no. They actually showed it, and Hopper and I we we talked about that last week. How gruesome it was, and it really looked like yeah. his eye was just you know chopped liver. So no, they they pixelated it on the replay, but and okay. on this week, but they didn't on the original. When you when you watch the original, it's not pixelated. Yeah, because I thought maybe something in my head had just like I, I thought maybe it was pixelated, but I didn't know. Uh, yeah, it, I just saw that and just yeah, I don't know. How do you fake that? That's what I thought in my twelve year old brain. Yeah. How do you how do you fake jabbing someone's eye with a fucking spike? So it was yeah it. Uh, turned my stomach and uh, I <laughs> went back to watching, uh, you know, matches with Ken Patera in the WWF for a while. <laughs> we forgive you. We forgive you all these years later. Don't worry, Crockett. It's okay. We understand. Thank you. It's Thank not, you. You, you had so, no say in, in where you were born and what territory you supported. Uh, it was what it was. So we, we don't blame you what at all. You know, this is the good stuff though. Now that the WPAN is gone and, uh, this is the good stuff though. This is, the, this is real wrestling, not that clownish stuff up in WWF territory. 
Yeah, so I guess now that the uh, WPAN is gone, you've actually officially won the Uncivil War. Uh, oh, I didn't think you'd bring that. Hopper probably hadn't even heard that episode where we where no. I defended I defended Southern Wrestling against Crockett's co-host Malonis as he defended Northern Wrestling, but I won the Uncivil War. The South won over the North and Southern Wrestling. That is, it's it's done. Yes. So I need you to declare that whenever you do one of these um wraparounds for your shows that you are still dropping on that feed, like the old interviews, yeah. you need to make mention of that. You should probably do that. And you should probably repost the Uncivil War and and just say, you know, that I actually did win. That would make me feel good. That was legit. Like, I think the favorite podcast that, that I've done is was you and Malonis. It was just uh, really great. And if people want to go and check it out, you can go to thewpan.com and uh, look up the uh, Uncivil War with Mike Mills versus Brian Malonis. It was, like, like I said, my favorite episode we've ever done. That was fun. That was a fun one. We also did the other one. I like the one we did, too, where uh, Malonis and I kind of uh, swerved you when you thought I was going to bury modern wrestling and basically Malonis and I buried you. Remember that? Yeah, the whole thing imploded and blew up in my face. Yeah. Yes, it was great. So, all right. Well, <laughs> let's get into this week's episode of Saturday Night on TBS. Again, we're talking December 3rd of 1988. And let me get this video started. Uh, the show opens up. It starts with a replay of Dusty going after the Road Warriors right before the Road Warriors attacked him with the spike and the old angle where they spiked him in the eye. And then we head directly to the studio for this week's episode. Tony Shivani says, stay tuned because they will announce the special stipulation regarding the Lex Luger and Ric Flair world title match for the NWA world title at Starcade. And then JR tells us he talked to Dusty and to stay tuned to hear what Dusty had to say uh, in response to his attack on last week's episode. We then move to the first match of the show, and it is the, uh, I'll call it the original Midnight Express. They defeat Trent Knight and David Isley, who is introduced by Paul E. Uh, during the match, Tony tells us something he thought he'd never see, and that's Cornette's Midnight Express is getting cheers while Paulie's are getting booed. And Tony says he never thought he'd see the day that Cornette's team would get cheers. Um, you know, Crockett, I, I know you know how we do it. We usually don't spend a ton of time talking about some of these matches because the matches are kind of just a lot of times enhancement talent. And there's not really much happening. But did you have anything from the match with Paulie's Midnight Express? I call them Paulie's. I mean, they're the. They call themselves the original, but I call them Paulies. Anything though? Well, I think the move of the match was six foot tall, like two hundred pound Randy Rose hitting a big splash, <laughs> and and the uh, job guy sold it just like he should, basically not selling it at all. <laughs> well, some of these job guys are are, are a superb talent, right, Hopper? Yo, <laughs> some of these guys are fucking horrible. Yeah, was it last week, Harper? That guy that we talked about that was just the drizzling diarrhea. Just he was just. It was the last week or the week before that. That guy had no business being anywhere near a professional wrestling ring. I mean, he shouldn't have even been a janitor in a wrestling ring. Nothing. Anymore. No. Just stay completely away. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but it, the, the one guy we're talking about, uh, it was just, it was so horrendous. It was, it was disgraceful. But, you know, that was how it was back then with some of these enhancement talents. Not all of them could be George South. Uh, Hopper, did you have any thoughts from this match? No. I mean, this guy wasn't bad for enhancement guy. What's his name? Uh, David Isley? Yeah, he's not bad. 
Uh, Isley and Trent Knight are usually not terrible. And right. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, it, it, look, it, it was a typical match that you see on Saturday night. All right. So my, my, Did you see my, the match? Did you see after the match? What about it? Like right after, right after the, uh, the final pin, um, like, uh, Isley takes the pin and then Trent Knight comes in. He, like, uh, Randy Rose is hitting him with a couple more punches on top yeah. of him. Trent Knight comes in, just like nonchalantly pushes Randy Rose, who's like, you know, on top there. And like Randy Rose kind of pushes him back and then nothing really happens. But it's like, this is this guy's got some balls, this fucking <laughs> Trent Knight. Just, just wanders right in there and just starts pushing the talent around. It's amazing. He's got a set of stones on him to do that to from an enhancement talent to do that to a to a, you know, I guess an over guy. I will agree there. Uh yeah, that was something else. And it keeps freezing on me for whatever reason when I'm trying to watch it back. Uh, I b- believe there may be some network issues, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully that's we can get through. Yeah, that's nothing new. So, All right, let's go to uh, Paul E. and his Midnight Express. They're going to cut a promo now, and let's see what they have to say. Your ratings up like this and you give us opponents like this. Come on! How come you don't bring on Bobby and Stan on this show? First of all, let me make a couple of points right now. Jim Cornette comes out here and he stands behind his tag team because he thinks that nobody can get by him. See, I stand in front of my tag team for a simple reason. Because I got enough confidence in them that just in case somebody tries to get to me and they're quick enough to get in front of me and take care of the problem. Because they are the quickest of the quick, the slickest of the slick, they're the roughest, the toughest, the meanest, leanest tag team in professional wrestling today. And at Starcade, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane are going to find out who the real Midnight Express is. Let me get a little personal here for one moment. Bobby Eaton, I have a couple of friends on your side of the dressing room and they told me all about the problems you're having, my man. That when you went home that night after we beat you up on television, that your little son came up to you and he had tears in his eyes and he was crying and he said, Daddy, why did Uncle Dennis beat you up? Why did Uncle Dennis leave you for dead on TV, Daddy? Why? I thought you loved Uncle Dennis, Daddy, and Bobby had a look at his kid and I'll give you, I'll give you credit, Bobby, and at least you're honest to your kid, man. And he said, because Daddy betrayed Uncle Dennis. Because Daddy let Uncle Dennis down. Because when Uncle Dennis came to Daddy and said, hey, it's time now that we have to do something about Cornette and his lazy ways, Daddy didn't do anything about it. So, Daddy, I tell you what. You let your kid down, you let your family down, you let Jim Cornette down, and you let Dennis Condry down. And at Starcade, we're going to put you down for good. You're looking at the real Midnight Express. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Starcade is Midnight Express against Midnight Express. Also, Ric Flair against Lex Luger. Coming up next, we're going to have... Uh, I'll go to you first, Crockett. What do you think about a young Paulie right here? Oh, he's. I think he's always been tremendous. Uh, just obviously gift of gab. Uh, this promo just simple and effective. I like the fact that he, you know, told a story which happened a lot back then, which doesn't really happen much now. Um, where you know, make up a completely bullshit story and uh, you know try to. Uh, what I like about this too is that. Uh, you know, a half hour later when Cornette comes out, he has an answer for it. It's not, I'm sure Polly and Cornette weren't 
like backstage saying, "Hey, I'll say this, then you say this." What Polly came up with this, you know, this cockamamie story about uh, Dennis uh, Eaton, Bobby's son, and then you know we'll hear later on Jim Cornette, you know, in that time since came up with a response to that, which you know people these days don't seem to do. <laughs> yeah, they're not allowed to do it, but they they all oftentimes no. would respond to each other on the show. So that's a good point, Harper. What you got? I like it when he brings up the fact that uh, that Cornette does stand behind his uh, a stand in Bobby, and, and he stands in front. That's true. I never thought about it till he said it. Yeah. That 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 that's a lot of truth to it. Mm-hmm. That was a fun little fact. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I mean, no. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, we go to the next. I'm, segment. I'm amazed too. I'm amazed too that Doc. Uh, I heard Doc a couple weeks ago talking about how Dennis Condry, 36 years old, dude. <laughs> it's 1988. They fucking look like they're like country. They're they're from like the Oak Ridge Boys or something. <laughs> I like what you said, Hopper. He looks like he just walked out of the bar. <laughs> yeah, like like he's like he he just walked out of a fucking truck stop at fucking two in the morning, and he's. And he's climbing back into his fucking big rig with a can of fucking uh, skull in, in his back pocket. <laughs> and he sees this guy that he doesn't like standing outside. He's like, what the hell are you doing, boy? Get the hell out of my way, man. You're, I can't get in the back of my truck. You damn, you damn Yankee queers. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gotta ruin everything. <laughs> Y'all gotta ruin everything. 36 years old. It's amazing to consider. That's crazy. He's 36. Right here. 30. <laughs> he looks 46. Easily. Easily. It's kind of like in the yeah, Smoky Bond show. <laughs> I thought that Kerchief was coming up like a turkey neck, but no, he's he's a younger guy. 36 is amazing. I think about that. I mean, that's eight years ago for me. Like, that feels know, like huh? forever ago. Uh something else so yeah good stuff and we'll hear more from corny later in this show the next segment they jump to is a starcade update with tony shivani and magnum ta uh, tony runs down the card again for starcade we'll talk more about it as we get to it and the matches that have already been announced and then they show the finish of the baltimore match with flair and luger when it looked like luger was going to win but the baltimore wrestling commission stopped the match due to a trickle of blood on luger's forehead literally he had a trickle of blood that came off his forehead in it just was a popcorn fart. Jim Cornette has told that story a million times. We talked about it on our Patreon show when we did it. Uh, Tony and Magnum also announced that the match between Luger and Flair at Starcade is a no DQ match this time. So there's that. No DQ. We got to have a winner. Uh, did you have anything from that, Crockett, that whole segment? No, I just, I just want to say how I love the uh, name True Grit. Do you? No, just kidding. No. It's I think he it's horrible. <laughs> He's <laughs> sarcastic because he heard Doc. I just heard Doc. I just heard Doc going off on it. Yeah. I mean, what's the next pay per view going to be called? The Outlaw Josie Wales, <laughs> Halloween Havoc. I mean, what the fuck, dude? If if what is if the extra just... T for, by the way? Because it's grit. <laughs> Hover, you know it's funny. I bet if Dusty was alive and you could ask him that question, 
about the outlaw Josie Wells being the next pay-per-view. He probably said, baby, I actually thought about that for the next couple coming pay-per-view. I thought about giving that the name or maybe one of the, maybe one of the class of the champions, baby. I was going to name that, uh, that, uh, outlaw Josie Wells. I, I guarantee yeah, you he go. probably said that. The CB's great American bash. <laughs> the CB. <laughs> it's nice. God bless you, Dusty. Rest in peace. All right. We'll go to the next match. We got Sting, who defeats Joe Cruz. Anything from this, uh, Hopper? No. Crockett? Uh, no. Yeah, it's just what is. Yeah. Okay. So we then go to a famous Sting promo. I don't say famous, but another famous. Sting promo. Famous. <laughs> is there a What's famous he- Sting promo? No, no, I, I I slipped when I said that. I just want you. I just want to hear him scream. Here it is. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Sting. Hey, Sting. How's the party, Dusty? How is he? Well, how do you think he's doing? You get a spike thrown in your eye. What do you think he's gonna feel like? I'd say he's pretty PO'd. You know what I'm talking about? I've been thinking about it. I've been talking to Dusty Rhodes. I've been a good boy for so long now. A real good boy, haven't I? Dusty Rhodes has been a good boy. You know what being a good boy got me? Almost a broken neck! Almost a broken neck, hawking animal. You know what it got Dusty Rose being a good boy? Almost his eye! 86! Gone! Out of the picture! So you know what that means? No more good boy! I'm going back to my old ways if I have to, and so is Dusty Rose. We've been talking, like I said, and oh, I'm gonna be so bad. Starcade. I'm gonna be so, so, oh my god, so very, very, ow, bam! Because that's what it takes to beat you guys. And woo, it's gonna happen. Alright, Doc! Doc Doc would be ready to shoot himself, be forced to sit through that. That's for you, Everett Starr. I know you love the Steam promos when he screams. Alright. Uh, Crockett, you first. Uh, we haven't talked to you about Sting. Your thoughts on Sting? I mean, I like this version of Sting. I guess maybe because it's, I think, a reflection or a response to what's going on up north. Um, obviously, I mean, when I would be watching the WCW, you know, the World Championship Wrestling Show on Saturday night, it was all like older people. I didn't see it. A whole ton of kids but you know obviously you got sting there they're showing all the kids uh, they're trying to appeal to a a wider audience it seems uh, i i mean i kind of like sting uh, <laughs> you know doc is probably uh tearing his hair out if he's listening to this right now but i don't mind sting at all i, I think he's a, he's a hell of a better promo than the ultimate warrior <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. He's a lot better than Warrior on promos. I, I, I'll repeat what I've been saying, and Hopper, I want to get your thoughts in a second. He was for the kids, Sting was, and that's why he was over. I know, you know, for some people, they didn't like him, and we complain about his promos a lot of times on Saturday night. With that said, Hopper, your thoughts on Sting right there? He was there for the kids. Oh, I mean, <laughs> bro, don't tell me he's, he's, he's not a mixture of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With the face paint and all that shit, he's from Venice Beach, California. I mean, hello. Yeah, banging and banging. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you. 
But you laughed at you laughed you you and I were both laughing when he was flexing and screaming. Doing it, he's like, well, "I've been bad, really, really. Oh God, bad." <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking this promo is really, really bad. This is bad. <laughs> Sounds like he was cranking one off. Uh, that is the Steven Javorski crank one off moment for the week. Uh, how bad Sting was right there. <laughs> there you go, Javorski. Uh, thank you very much for your contributions on the Facebook group. Okay. Um, any other thoughts, Hopper, before we keep going? Nah. All right. We, we get a replay of Dusty Rhodes getting spiked by the Row Warriors. And as you can see, it's pixelated. If you're watching on our Patreon video, they pixelated the replay. But I have to say, it was vicious when you saw his eye. It was pretty nasty looking how his eye looked when when they did it last week. So a, a very, very big moment, and I enjoyed talking about it. So uh, Crockett, and as you, you said, that was your first uh, taste of, of, I can't call it Jim Crockett promotions, but that was your first taste of, of the NWA. So that's interesting that that was your first taste. Uh, for someone like me and Doc, our first taste was, you know, Harley Grace and Ric Flair at Starcade uh, many moons ago. Um, so very interesting. So we have a very large time gap of the time when we first saw the NWA versus you. So, uh, but good stuff as, as Dusty gets spiked. Now, let's keep going. We're going to hear a promo from Dusty. An eye for an eye, baby. Let's go to it now. Nothing that happened just last week right here on the Superstation. And fans, as you know, Dusty was taken to the hospital. David Crockett went with him, and we were all concerned about his career. Well, Dusty Rhodes is not a man to stand idly by. And like Jim Ross said, the time of the program, you're going to hear some comments from Dusty Rhodes and certainly exemplifies the meaning of Starcade true grit. Right now, let's hear from Dusty Rhodes. Now, this is Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. I've been doing a lot of thinking here the past few days. There's something more involved here than winning and losing. Maybe even more than a career. Maybe more than a legendary athlete, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. I've been battered, I've been beat, I've been scraped. And I've been cut, brother. I've been cut like a knife in my heart by many, many things. But always I got on my two haunches and rised up because I am the American dream and conquered all and came back from over. This is just a little bit too heavy, road warriors. You should have made it a point to get both of them, daddy. Don't just get one. Don't take one limb. Don't take one heart. Don't take one ear. And don't take one eye. Because I'm breathing. That's the scary part for you. I'm breathing. That's the main thing for you. I'm breathing. You got to live with me breathing, baby. When I get up in the morning now and look out of one eye at my children, I think of you. Now the world's title at Starcade, we gonna take that. But I'm gonna take just a little bit and a whole lot from you road warriors. And between now and then, if Sting has to carry me on his back down at all, if he has to drag me in a wagon, I'm breathing, you understand what I'm saying? You should have got it done. It's violence for the sake of violence. And now I will turn it around 
to my violence, my lightning bolt, my fire, my thunder. An eye for an eye. Dusty means business. Harper, what do you think? That's good shit, man. Yeah, I agree. You fucked up, man. You fucking left him breathing. You should have killed him. <laughs> Which is and funny in his own right. He's like, y'all should have murdered me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, wrestling. Okay. And then not too long to... from here, you're gonna see him in polka dots. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's how I know him. You got it. what the? F where'd you find him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Crockett. So I got a question. I I I think you're gonna be with us next week, and who knows? Uh, depending on Doc's work schedule, I think you're gonna be with us next week. But I have to ask now, since we're talking about Dusty, was do you think as a WWF fan, it was a rib to put him in polka dots, regardless of what you heard Bruce, Bruce Pritchard say, which I wouldn't believe anything about out of his mouth, but that's just my opinion. I don't say anything. I, 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 I'm very skeptical about the things that so, uh, many of the things that Bruce says, but uh, your thoughts on dusty and polka dots. Was it a rib? Of course, <laughs> of course. They, they they got the, they got dusty up there. They they already did the thing with Virgil. D does, Bruce Pritchard say that they didn't name him Virgil because of Dusty as well. I don't. I don't remember. I seem to remember that, like, no, that that has nothing to do with why we yeah, named him right. Virgil. <laughs> that's that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember from the because I listened to that episode, and I just was like, <laughs> I think I think Bruce either, I think Bruce. You know how sometimes you say something so much you really start to believe it? I think he really believes yeah. that. And I'm like, dude, there's no way it was a rib. God, you put the man in polka dots. Come on. Yeah, whatever. I remember a kid watching it. I was like, why is he dressed like this? Acting like a polka dots. Acting like a buffoon, too, Hopper. Yeah. Got to uh, dance. Fat guy's got to dance. That's what uh, Brian Malonis always says. And then they gave him sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> rib on top of a rib. Dude, they ribbed the hell out of him. <sighs> so you do you do agree it was a rib, uh, 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 Crockett? Of course, man. There's, there's no way it wasn't. Just trying to make the guy look foolish after he took it to him for, uh, for a few years down south. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so Crockett, your thoughts on the promo? I mean, just one of the classic Dusty promos. And a guy from the Northeast like me is aware of it, knows it. Uh, it's, I mean, there's not much you can really say to critique. I do like how he insinuated he has two hearts. Yeah. What, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know. cows have two hearts? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> two stomachs. What? One or the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. They got two stomachs. <laughs> Where did you pull that from? Well, he talks about how you know you you, you got to take both of them. You know, take 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 the uh, take an eye, take a heart, take a yeah. limb. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Hey, it worked for me back then, so I'm not going to complain. But an eye. No, an that, eye, that was maybe. just a nitpicking. No, the, the, I mean the promo yeah. overall is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not like that hokey hokey stuff up north that you were watching at the same time. I agree. <laughs> that is true uh, 
All right, so we go to the Cornette who introduces the Midnight Express, his Midnight Express, who they defeat Bob Emery and El Negro. Uh, Corny does his normal non-stop yapping during the match. He threatens Paul Lee that if Paul Lee wants to get personal, Corny will air out, air out Paul Lee's uh, dirty laundry on air. What was the timestamp you wanted me to play, Hopper? It was, I think, 28-20. Right, let's see if I can get 28-20 up and see what they say. Here, here's 28-15. Let me give you some background on Paulie, Jim Ross. See, he remembers me when I was, before I got professional wrestling, but I remember him, too. He was a cheap two-bit con man running around all the hot spots, all the nightclubs in New York City, trying to find somebody with a pocket full of money and an empty head that he could bilk out of a few bucks. And that's the same thing that Paulie Dangerous is today, is a cheap two-bit con man. He wants to get personal. I got some personal things about him, and we're going to be bringing him out in the future. In the meantime, I'm going to go up to the ring for a second and see how good my boys are doing. And just remember, beautiful Bobby next to Randy Rose. Okay, there's some truth to what he said, I believe. Yeah, I know, huh? I'm not That's calling him a con ECW. man. <laughs> well, no, there was something to him with the whole nightclub scene up in the Northeast. Yeah. I don't remember the exact story, though. That's why I'm saying there was some truth to it, because I don't know, obviously, all sides. I think he ran, a sh he ran a show at Studio 54, I think it was. Yeah. And for whatever call, like the on the show was Bam Bam Bigelow is Bam Bam Bigelow's like debut uh, at this show. That's what, okay. that's what I remember. He ran a show like, he, yeah, he was like trying to hang around guys at Studio 54, I think, back in the day. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It was when Studio 54 like turned into shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the yeah. glory days. Yeah. A lot less coke. Yeah. <laughs> A lot less coke. All right. Well, still, uh, so maybe not quite less okay well, well, Crockett you just you, something just jogged my brain before we go to Cornette's promo here after the the match when his uh, team wins uh tell the story real quick about the show you were on with New Jack that time and you were sitting on the stage and what New Jack did can you do you mind telling that one again you told it on the wrestling podcast about nothing years ago sure well I I wasn't on the show. I was there uh, as a guest of an ECW show uh, watching. You know, this is the glory days of ECW. They were coming up to the Northeast all the time. And, yeah, there was a stage where some of the uh, guys were hanging out and watching the uh, event. And, yeah, New Jack just kind of hopped up on the stage. And we were just sitting there. There's, like, a group of, like, three or four of us just kind of hanging out. So he screams out, like, over our head, like, to somebody who probably wasn't there on the other side of the stage. Anybody got any heroin? <laughs> That's it nice. and, and it scared the shit out of you. Well, you know. <laughs> New Jack. His head's all fucked up. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, Well, it had to have been like, you 97 know. 97 or so? 98. 7, 98, yeah. Okay. Anyone yeah. got any heroin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, New Jack. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's nice. All right. I just I, I that that story tickled me the first time I, I heard it on the the WPAN. So that's why I I had to get you to tell it. I had to get you to tell it. Um. All right. So, uh, any other thoughts on the the match from the 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 midnight right there, uh, Crockett? I do like, you know, they obviously they were heels just weeks before until the uh, original Midnights came in. And I like how they're still 
you know, they're still kind of aggressive, still heelish. But there is one moment in the match where Stan Lane tosses Emery from the ring right next to where Eaton is. And Eaton kind of looks at him and like, you know, because back in the day, he would have just hopped down and like, you know, slammed him on the floor or whatever and tossed him back in. But Eaton kind of looks at him down the floor and just kind of turns around. So it's a good, subtle, like shift for the uh, for the Midnight's. Very good observation. Hopper, do you have anything else from it? Yeah, it's just crazy. Now this crowd's like cheering for Cornette. When when a few weeks ago they wanted to kill him. Yeah. Dude, they wanted to... I mean, you think back to just a couple years ago. They wanted him dead. Yeah. Like, the way he was going off on Baby Doll and the way he was treating a woman and, you know, calling her a bull moose and, you know... (laughs) What's the gestation period for a bull moose? I don't know, but go ask Baby Doll. She can tell you. That's nice. I, he was just vicious, and like they they wanted him dead. I mean, he that was a shoot. If you hear him tell the story, where they they used Big Bubba, you know, Dusty was like, or Corny went to Dusty. I need some backup. You know, while I'm at ringside, I got my back to these fans, and so you know they they positioned Big Bubba in that in that role to help protect him, like because he he didn't want to keep him want to die. He didn't want the fan to kill him. And and we went from that to these people love him now. So it, it is pretty it is pretty damn amazing. And and that's a good observation, Crockett, where Bobby's like, eh, yeah, I'm not gonna take advantage of this poor sap on the floor. He'll just let him get back in the ring. So Okay, we keep going. Corny and the Midnight Express have a promo they're gonna cut and uh let's hear Cornette who's gonna go off on Paul E and Dennis. Oof. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're waiting for Jim Cornette, Midnight Express. He's right here. You know something? I heard Paulie dangerously out here talking all the things he was running off at the mouth about. Paulie has been saying, Jim Cornette, you didn't handle Dennis Condry's affairs right. You didn't handle Dennis Condry's taxes right. You didn't handle Dennis Condry's business right, Jim Cornette. Paulie, I know what you're handling for Condry and Rose. You can go to jail for that for 15 years in some states. I'm telling you that right now. Now you say you proved yourself. What you proved is you can come out here, you can jump us from behind. Bobby with a bad leg, throw something in Stan's eyes and blind him, hit me overhead with a telephone, then you can beat us up. I guess what that means, if you get to jump on a blind guy in a wheelchair, you're real tough guys, but it don't wash here, brother. Not at all. I ain't saying nothing about no back jumping because we've done it before. But the difference is, with you, you did it because you had to. With us, we did it because it was easier. Now, Polly, you garbage mouth punk, you want to come out here, you want to talk about Bobby Eaton's son, Dustin, five years old. He's still as proud of his father as he ever was, you punk. He is still as proud of his father as he ever was. Because, Dennis, just because we didn't work with you, it didn't mean that you and Bobby couldn't still be friends, couldn't at least speak after you've been together like brothers for five years. But, Dennis, you're the one who turned your back. You never called Bobby's house for a year and a half. You never wrote to him. And it was Bobby Eaton every Christmas. Every time your little son had a birthday, Dennis, he sent him a present. He sent him a present and it came back two weeks later. And on the top of it was marked return to sender. And it was in your handwriting, Dennis. So you tell me who's screwed up in the head. But I'm going to tell you something. This whole sick soap opera is going to come to an end at Starcade 88. You say Randy Rose hates Bobby Eaton because Bobby and Dennis were a better team than Dennis and Randy. Dennis Condry hates Stan Lane because Bobby and Stan are a better team than Bobby and Dennis. Me and Bobby, we don't like to have to hate Dennis Condry, but after what he's done, it leaves him no choice. 
Stan Lane never liked any of the three of them to begin with. And God only knows, Polly, what you like or don't like. But I tell you what, Starcade 88 is going to come to a head. It's going to be the wildest thing that anybody's ever seen. And I promise, Conrad and Rose, after this thing's all over with, everybody just like these people in the studio, everybody's going to know who the Midnight Express is. And then, Polly, just think of this as a Johnny brush, and I'm going to swab that toilet mouth yours out real good. I make a promise on that. All right, Hopper. Uh, you have any idea what Corny was talking about when he's talking about uh, uh, Paulie handling Dennis's junk, and that would get him in trouble in some states That's in '88. Nice. He says he was jerking him off. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what they were doing at the truck stop. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> stuff you could just say on TV back then. Yeah, no, huh? Nobody batted an eye. It's just it's like, oh, he got him. Look what he said about them. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. everybody's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Try that on Raw nowadays and see how far it gets you. Yeah, okay. Because if he called them Paula earlier during the match. I, I couldn't figure out if he was trying to say they were gay. He's saying were, that he's queer with the ponytail. Right. But then, I don't know. It was. I mean, I could figure it out. I I, I knew what he was trying to say, but it just was like, yeah. I almost wish he just would have said it back in '88. Yeah. Just, just say it. Um. All right, Hopper. Anything else? No. Crockett, your thoughts on our beloved Southern wrestling? <laughs> no, I love the fact that I mean, these guys were heels, as I've said for a long time, and there's nothing worse than. A heel who turns babyface and then suddenly he's out there slapping fan slapping hands with the fans like the next week. It's just terrible. There's no continuity there. I like the fact that Cornette's like, yeah, we back jump people before, but you guys did it because you had to. We just did it for fun. It's that's perfect. It's playing into the fact that they're babyfaces. They're the babyfaces in this situation, but they're not necessarily, you know, straight on slapping hands and kissing baby baby faces. Well, and, and when you're when you've made the quote unquote babyface turn too, you come across as someone who is just being honest, and that makes you more endearing to the fans who are now cheering you because you're like, yeah, we did do some of that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I did that, and it is what it is, you know. So it's like, well, he's telling the truth, so yeah. he must have changed a little. I mean, and there is still some heel stuff to it, but I agree. I, I I actually, and I was just adding to what you said. I think it's just more he, that makes them more endearing. Um. Anyway, Stan Lane. Hopper, did you catch Stan Lane? Just kind of eyeing the women in the crowd and winking yeah. and whatnot. He's like, I'm going to fuck that one. I'm going to fuck that one. I'm going <laughs> to fuck that one. It's just pretty amazing. Hey, you know what else I noticed was when they they showed someone with that Midnight Express sign. Yeah. And if you notice, since there's been the sale, you, you've been seeing signs in the crowd, and it makes me wonder if if they just made signs and they handed them out to the fans to put up for the camera. Well, we would see signs every now and then, wouldn't we? I mean, I can remember like seeing a corner. I don't hear. Sign and, really? I mean, it was, yeah, there was, I mean, there's been a because few. For the past it, two or three weeks, I've been noticing that, like the, the Steiner one and in. 
It might it might be something to that, or or they, or they may have encouraged it. Who knows? Because you're right. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't watching WWF too much during this time, but they had signs at arenas, right? Oh, yo, yeah, they did. I mean, Hawk rules. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I maybe mean, maybe something to that. Uh, but there, you know, there was a cornet sign. So there you go. There's a sign of the times right now in 1988. Yeah. Um, Crockett, any other thoughts on the promo before we keep going? No, I'm good. The Commandos defeat J.C. Wild and Keith Steinborn. I had nothing yes. from that. Right. Why are they called the Commandos? It's like they needed a replacement for the, you know, the Bushwhackers who. The but it's. So you're trying to tell me these guys are fucking soldiers? I, I don't know what they were thinking. I can't defend it. Because I can't see these assholes with a fucking M16 in a pack jumping out of a fucking airplane. <laughs> are you saying they were too big, Hopper? They were too fucking big. It's falling like a lead weight out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't explain. Crockett, any idea from you why they would be called the Commandos? Uh, maybe what they're wearing or not wearing under their gear. No, actually, I'm, I'm looking right now, and uh, you can see clearly the, uh, the penny line on the, uh, yeah, the gentleman there with his sweatpants on, and <laughs> yeah. it looks like he just stepped out of his fucking 1992 Caprice. And he was going into the gas station to get a uh, a bottle of cheap beer and a pack of fucking uh, uh, Salem's. I thought you were going <laughs> to say a box of Black and Miles. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, you racist son of a bitch. I mean, doesn't he, Mike? It's, it's 1988, so he's not getting out of a 1992 Caprice. No, I'm saying now, like back then, oh. he'd probably be in like an old like 1981 fucking Chevy Caprice and he's <laughs> and he's like barely getting out the fucking car and it's squeaking and, and he's going to a gas station off of like Elysian Fields. <laughs> it's my neighborhood, <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, get a pack of Salem's and a fucking uh, a Colt 45 or something. <laughs> you've, you've actually seen that in my neighborhood. That's why you're yeah. saying that, you racist <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Uh, I can I can see I can see that like struggling to get out the eighty one Caprice, pulling himself up by the door. He's, he's got the old faded fucking Saints bumper sticker on the back window. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's nice. What's the car smell like, Hopper? Go ahead, let's oh, hear it. Oh God, it smells like shit and cigarettes. He's probably nice. got like fucking McDonald wrappers all on a fucking floorboard and, and fucking beer cans. And he has that old uh I'm a Bud Man and a Saints fan bumper sticker <laughs> on the back of it. <laughs> that dude those didn't come out to the nineties, but I'll give you a pass on that. Okay? <laughs> but, all right. That's nice. Okay. Um my head hurts from laughing at you over this. Yeah, I don't know why they're the commandos. Uh <laughs> Crockett, you said you didn't either, right? No. But by this point, Crockett, you were enjoying the sheep herders licking babies in the uh, WWF because uh, that's where they had gone. Uh, they had left at this stage of the game. So there you have that. I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed you some sheep herders licking babies. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, right? 
I guess. Uh, let's try it in this day and age and see what happens. Can you can you imagine Ivar, aka Hanson, and, and Ray Rowe looking babies on the way to the ring? I'm not saying they're like the sheep herders. I'm just saying, you know, with the beards and being wild and baby faces. I can only imagine. Anyway. No one should be looking at anyone in this day and age, Mike Mills. Yeah, uh, well, especially that. given the corona deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't lick anybody. Okay. Even if so, they- even if the corona wasn't a thing, you shouldn't still be licking people. Oh, of course. I was just <laughs> trying to sick be sick fucks. <laughs> just trying to be funny, man. I mean, uh. all right. So let's go to the next match. We got Ric Flair who defeats Jerry Price. Uh, before the match, they pan to the crowd and we see some woman with enough hairspray in her hair that she single-handedly destroyed the ozone layer in the eighties. Um. Let me tell you something about this match. It never gets old hearing Ric Flair chop someone, but um, yeah, what's up, girl? There, there, there she was. <laughs> look, look at, you know, Conrad used to steal our thunder on this when he would talk about the these women in the crowd with this. Uh, it's hard to see because it's dark, but look, she's got some hairspray in that thing. Oh yeah, bro, she's she's fucking dressed ready to fuck, bro. She's got her <laughs> fucking best clothes on, got her hair done. Is she Mama, going home? I'm gonna be on TV. I'm gonna try to. <laughs> I'm gonna try to date that Stan Lane guy. I don't know if "date" is the appropriate word, but I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on TV. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Harper, any thoughts on Flair uh, beating Man, up Jerry Price? I'm thinking, how lucky is that guy, Price? Out of all the fucking matches you could have worked, you know, some other guys are working with the fucking commandos, <laughs> and he gets to wrestle against Ric Flair on national television. How badass is that? He didn't look bad either. Yeah. He sold well. Yeah. That's kind of cool if you think about it. Like you can look back. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if, I don't even know if he's still. Great. Yeah, I don't know if he's still alive. But like, unless you were a fan of these shows back in the day, if you ever met this guy and, he, and you know, and he's let's say he's working in some factory now or something, I don't know what he does. Yeah, or I if, mean that guy it, could say he wrestled against Ric Flair in his prime on fucking national television. Nobody would believe him. Uh huh. <laughs> but he you know he could point him to here, so it is pretty cool. Uh, Harper, any thoughts? And, I'm, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That- uh, uh, f- fucking uh, Flair didn't fucking sell for him. He didn't get. He didn't let that guy get shit in. Yeah, unlike when he wrestles George South in the studio when they go twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crockett, your thoughts? Any anything else? It reminded me of something that uh, from up here. There's a this guy called Bull Montana. He's like a local legend i guess you could say but legend. his like his claim to fame was in the awa he had a uh, he was a job guy and worked with the midnight rockers so he wrestled sean michaels i mean i don't know i mean i know how you feel about sean michaels mills but uh yeah he, his claim to fame is he, he worked sean michaels earlier in his career in a squash match as in michael fame, squash fame for him not so he's he no no he, no he, no no the midnight the midnight rockers in the AWA so he was he was doing the job for them oh got you hey you know that's not a bad thing yeah I mean you were a job guy for Chris Adams right <laughs> I mean I don't go around talking about that <laughs> like oh yeah you do no I don't I don't say I, jo- I don't say I was a job guy for him 
I mean, if you bring it up, yeah. Actually, he 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 gave me some offense in that thing. He just beat the shit out of me uh, the rest of the time. Uh, and then Tommy Rich job for you in the locker room, right? Yeah. No comment. I'm gonna leave it alone. Fake Stan Lane hates <laughs> when I talk about that. What a prick. Not fake Stan Lane. Yeah. Um. Let me tell you. Let me say this. That what we're watching right here. This is a real NWA World Champion. Unlike the guy you guys just mentioned. Uh, go crank one off to that, Javorski. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, any other thoughts on this match, Crockett? No. I mean, just standard Ric Flair getting all of his shit in. And he won with the figure four. And Doc used to Doc used to kill me because he would always say, Flair never won with the figure four. And on Saturday night he did occasionally. So that's that. Let's go to Ric Flair and J.J. Dillon out there cutting a promo. Ric Flair is riled up early here. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if Ric Flair or J.J. Dillon, when they get disqualified, this belt will go to Lex Luger. J.J., you're going to have to stay out of it completely. Well, let me, not that I need to, stand up for the World Heavyweight Champion. Here stands next to me a man that for the last seven years has taken on virtually every top contender in the entire world. He has beaten them all. I don't care who they are. Now along comes Lex Luger, and Mr. Flair himself said he is probably the most perfect physical specimen that he ever saw in all his years in competition. But this man is being penalized because he adhered to the rules of the Maryland State Athletic Commission. That's what it comes down to. They took it upon themselves because of the scope of the rule book to stop the match. Now they're saying we're waiving the disqualification clause which is a slap in the face to me to imply that I, after seven years, would stoop to do something to try and save the title for this great champion. I am frankly very insulted. Luger is going to have to get out there. He's going to have to fight the greatest match of his career, and he's going to have to prove that he's a better man and as great an athlete as he is. I don't sure he has what it takes. I would question a word you said, but what I've always said is that Luger is the greatest physical specimen in sports next to me. <laughs> oh yeah, Luger, next to me, because there's only one man that can style and profile. You see, Big Lex, you got all of God's gifts except the ability to be the nature boy and pal starting 1988 you gotta walk that out knowing that out of the other door comes the golden stallion himself looking and only I can look. And you know what I'm telling you? This time, they said to themselves, we got to beat Ric Flair. So, they put a disqualification in that says, if the nature boy or the mastermind get DQ'd, this goes to Big Lex. Well, let me explain something to you. Last night, when I was laid up with the Marriott, when J.D. O'Malley left, 
and Mary on my right. I assured the whole world that Lex Luger will never be mad enough to beat the nature boy because the bottom line is it just doesn't get any better than this. All for your thoughts. That's Ric Flair, man. At his best. I mean, what can you say? He's talking about Mary and Jane on his left and right and the rat slaying he did the night before on national television. And the best part about it, there was not one lie told. None. (laughs) Oh, the wrestling business. Uh, Crockett, what you got? So Mary and Jane, was that a weed reference? Do you think? Uh, I don't know when it comes to Rick. He seems pretty serious about his uh, women rather than weed. Yeah. So I would think he probably. It's more about the drink, I guess. Yeah, he was more with the uh, with the scotch on the rocks. I'm sure he was drinking whatever. and But he did have Mary and Jane in, in his hotel room that night. And, you know, I, I have no doubt. I, and I know you guys have talked about this. How brilliant is putting all the heat at the finish of that Flair Luger match on Baltimore rather than anybody else? Just from tremendous. The, from, the, from the Great American Bash? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I all think the that's heat tremendous. is on Baltimore Athletic Commission, not on anyone with uh, the NWA. That's phenomenal Just that they could pass tremendous. that off to them. Yeah. It's like, screw it. You know. It was messed up, but we're gonna we're gonna pass the buck. And hey, that that's that's working actually. That's a great job of working and, yeah. and just passing the buck to someone else. I agree with you. Good stuff, uh, Harper. Anything else before we keep on? Uh oh, he circle circle dot dotting over there. Barry Windham defeats Tony Suber, and I don't have anything from that. Crockett, to you. Well, I just want to say briefly. I mean. My experience with Barry Windham, not so much in the NWA. It's him as the, you know, the fucking widow maker and the stalker. But I mean, just this guy's fucking ripped here. Unbelievable. I've never seen Barry Windham look like this. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You haven't seen Windham in his glory years in this promotion. Like you wouldn't have I mean, seen even when. Yeah, even when he was the Widowmaker, when he first came into, well, I mean, he first came in in like the early 80s and won the tag titles in the WWF, but when he came in as the Widowmaker, he had like a little paunch, you know, a little belly, but I mean, this guy, he's got abs. Jesus Christ. Well, he's got it. I mean, he's not ripped, but I know what you mean. He's not what you're talking about. And, And like, you've probably never seen his stuff from early 87 working with Flair and how great he was like it was tremendous just the the the, the dude had a gas tank man they had some like phenomenal there was one match we reviewed i believe it was like january february 87 with him and flair and it was just oh my god they went like you know 45 minute time limit draw and they went to the very end it was just phenomenal so yeah i i I get you know you so so were you what were you watching when it was him and rotunda u.s express no, no, I came in later. I came in like in the in the middle of the Hogan Hulkamania thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he Barry was tremendous, uh, so great. He was a phenomenal heel in the Horsemen, even though the Horsemen in the thing right now. Just he was just phenomenal. Harper, are you back yet? Where the hell did he go? <laughs> he does that. He's still on. His phone must have rang. Circle, circle, dot, dot. He's probably telling his woman he can't come over tonight because of the Corona deal, and he's on lockdown. All right, we'll keep going. Uh, let's go now to Barry Windham and JJ Dillon, uh, their promo. Give me a second. Let me get it queued up. I'm almost to it. And here it is. All right. On December 26th, the house of the horsemen might be crumbling down. The world heavyweight champion. No disqualification. He can lose. Bam, bam, Bigelow. United States heavyweight title. Another personal insult. You know, Starcade 1988, the granddaddy of them all. I've heard that comment, and it's really, really a very factual statement because it's the time of year when the very best face the very best. And I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm going to tip my hat to Sir Oliver Humperdinck because he has come up with a real find in professional wrestling. You don't find very often a man 396 pounds that can move like a cat. And I also think it's very fitting that as the year winds down to an end, that Barry Windham face the toughest challenge to date in defending the United States heavyweight title. But there's a lot of other factors, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, that are going to come into play because there are several arsenals that Barry Windham can throw at you and Sir Oliver Humperdinck and Bam Bam Bigelow. We just saw one, the Lariat, that put down a very, very sizable opponent. We didn't even see the claw hold today and also the superplex that was just mentioned. You know, the other day, Barry, I stepped out of my car and I looked down and it had been raining and somebody had taken a crumpled up road map with the yellows and the reds and the blues and the thing had got wet and soggy and it was all in a little ball. And I looked down and I said to myself, if you ever put the claw on Bam Bam Bigelow, all those tattoos squashed down would look like that soggy roadmap. Let me tell you, we're picking them as big as we can to get ready for this match. So let me tell you, Bam Bam Bigelow, I have been training for you. Have you been training for me? From what I've seen, you're trying to get the job done in the first three minutes, four minutes, because that's as long as you can go. I can go all night long, pal. The guy just weighed 320 pounds and I moved him around like he weighed 20 pounds. Get used to it, big man. 400 pounds, 500 pounds. I can move anybody. So when you come for this United States Heavyweight Championship, be prepared because I'm gonna be trim and lean and lean and I'm gonna take you where you've never been before. David Crockett, Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross will be back after this. I can't find anybody. <laughs> like JJ improvising at the end. Hey Crockett, what you got from that? I really like the fact that you know the it's factual statement that uh, you know the guy he was working with was a bigger guy, and they made sure to mention that on commentary. And you know he moved him around like he was nothing, literally, and just slammed him around and did all sorts of things to him. Uh, finished him off with the lariat, and uh, I really like the fact that uh, he's saying you know Bam Bam only can only go three or four minutes because that's all he has in his gas tank. And I really like the dynamic they're setting up here when they, as they're heading into Starcade. I thought so too. Hopper, are you back? <laughs> the hell did he disappear? This is normal. This is, this is so normal. So, 
Uh, no, I agree with your thoughts. I have no clue where Harper's is appeared to at this moment. Uh, he is still on with us. It's just he uh, decided to take a uh, intermission, I guess. he's. Uh, I bet he's taking a dump. I really do. I bet he's taking a dump. So we'll forgive him. Um, I, I'm, he, I'm thankful he didn't bring the laptop in with him this time. Do you remember that when he when he decided yes. to, uh, to to take one on air? Yes, it's an infamous moment in BTT yeah. history. Is, Harper, are you back? I thought I heard him grab his head and put it on, but maybe not. Hey. Infamous. Oh, there, hey, there he is. What happened? Did you take uh-huh. a dump? Or? I, I did. <laughs> I <told laughs> fucking know what sucks, bro, about not being at fucking work. Uh-oh, here we go. My diet has just totally changed because I'm sitting at the fucking house all day. And it's, fuck this shit, man. So what are you, what are you, what are you eating? Uh, uh, Dog shit now. Cookies and, and yeah. ice cream and yeah, fucking uh, cheese its and and fucking jelly beans because it's fucking Easter. <laughs> so let me guess, uh, you're uh, and your dumperoo schedule's probably more. off too. Yeah, dude, f- for real, because I'm used to eating my two cans of tuna and my fucking egg whites during the day, and that's all I eat all fucking day long until I get home. And now, because you're home all day, you're 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 just munching on anything and everything, right? Like oh, an man. asshole. I I hear you, man. I hear you. That's not good. You got to get that correct. Uh, for everybody wondering, Hopper does not have Corona or anything. He's just uh, he he's at home because a coworker uh, may have been ill, so uh, they're just being safe with him. That's all. So don't worry. He's he's okay, and he's probably going to be fine. Yeah. So there's that. So that's what's going on. By the time you hear this, he's probably going to be back to work anyway. So there's that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Rick Steiner defeats uh, Randy Hogan. Any thoughts from uh, Rick Steiner right here, Hopper? Remember when I told you when I saw him live, he he uh, took the kid and put him over the fucking the uh, the barricade. Yeah, that's what that's what he's uh, doing there. That's the same thing he did. Apparently, yeah. that was his thing. And he's this goofball, so it works for him. Yeah. Uh, Crockett, any thoughts from you on Steiner right here? Yeah, dude, the German suplex that he did just <laughs> fucking would have ended any normal man's life. But uh, you know, this guy, this Randy Hogan, he's a Hogan, so he uh, <laughs> was able to withstand it. Well, you know, people were were watching this back then, thinking, "You think that's like his cousin or something?" That's exactly what they thought. There's no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. They were like, this guy's got to be related to him. That that was thought of. Trust me. 100%. Oh, and he's definitely leaning into it. I mean, look at him. Yeah. yeah he's got the freaking mustache. It's, it's, the hair yeah. and everything. Oh, God. But wouldn't it yes. be awesome if, if he wore a bandana? <laughs> <laughs> they should have put him in yellow tights and yellow boots, too. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Rick Steiner. I want Crockett's thoughts on the fans and what they're chanting once we're done. Here it is. Because this happened last week, too. Right. Who you against now, remember? Uh, the world television title. Come on, let me guess. Mike Rotunda! <laughs> yeah, that's right. And what happens to Kevin? Here we go, string him up in the cage. High above the ring. So he can't bother you. So it's you and Rotundo. Is he afraid of heights? Yeah. Will he... <laughs> I hope not. 
Mike Rotunda. Yeah. That's Mike. What? World television title. Remember, now you can say, now you can beat him. You can have that title all to your own. Yeah. I gave that to him in the first place. That's right. Now I'm just going to take it back, and it'll be mine. And Alex, is, me and Alex will have a TV title. We'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. TV title, champ. Yeah, I like that. I like what? what do you like? What do you think Kevin's going to do up in that cave? He ain't going to be able to get up because he's going to be up too high. And Spike, my fly, is going to fly around the cage and keep an eye on him. And he's going to fly down and tell him what to do. And then he's going to tell him what to do. What? What? You know, you haven't shown our fans out there Alex today. How is Alex? Alex is doing good. What? What? Huh? What did Alex say? You know what did he tell you me? about the championship? One fall, 20 minute time limit? You can do anything you want to him? He told me I don't have nothing to worry about Kevin Sullivan. Alex is keeping an eye on Kevin Sullivan. And I'll take care of Mike Rotunda just like I always knew I could. God dang it. All right. I like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Steiner, Starcade, Hot World Television Champion. Would that be great? Jesus Christ, Hopper. What'd you think? Right, it's like big when the kid turned into an adult. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He plays a perfect eight-year-old <laughs> or a seven-year-old kid. That's exactly how they would act, and they love him for it. it, it it's and it seems so real, and you can tell <laughs> it's just him out there. Just fucking shooting from the hip, being a fucking goofball. Couldn't have put it better myself. Tremendous. <laughs> He's a goofball. Uh, what else, Hopper? It's it's. I love watching this. I do too. I think it's tremendous. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so pathetic, but so this, great. I could watch this all day. And then when he comes back again, it's it's oh. it's, it's uh hilarious. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Uh, Crockett, your thoughts uh, overall, but I I do want to hear about your thoughts about what the fans are chanting again this week. Well, yeah, like you, like Harper said, I mean, just perfectly playing the the character that you know he's supposed to be playing here. But I mean, when David Crockett is leading a promo, you're in trouble. That's I'll say that. And I can't say that because he's my uncle, so I can. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's our rumor starting. <laughs> Keep going. But as for the other thing, I I didn't know what was being chanted when I uh, watched the show. And uh, leading up to uh, doing this recording here, I actually listened to last week's podcast, and I found out what they were chanting. And like, oh my god, dude! I mean, this is something were, that I, I mean, in '88, I'd be you know, chanting my head off just like everybody oh, else. Yeah, yeah. But uh <laughs> doesn't work today. Yeah, that's what we had that that's what we had the discussion. It's just and I, I I they would have canceled Rick Steiner in nineteen eighty eight and a whole crowd would have been canceled. <laughs> like cancel culture cancel culture I wish I had Brian Malonis on right now for this because Malonis would go off. Cancel culture because he, he hates cancel culture. Uh, would would take pictures of the fans chanting it, and would post it on Twitter and social media, and in attempt to get those folks fired, like from their jobs, for saying uh, that. I, I tell me I'm wrong, Crockett. Yeah, I mean that little girl that was uh, 
being coaxed in the ring by Rick Steiner. If they had a picture of her on put that on Facebook today, I mean, she wouldn't be able to get a job anywhere. Yeah. And just imagine if she would have if she wouldn't have been shy if she got into the ring. You think she would have pinned him? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> I just I I just picture those fans when they chanted to the audience when they were chanting the R word and there were quite a few fans just pumping their fists chanting it and like it was just quite all right 1988 to say that it's like wow this is just wow that does not hold up well in 2020 oh boy. I mean, even 10 years later in the Attitude Era, I mean, The Rock was calling Kane the Big Red. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. And so this is more of a recent phenomenon, I think. Yeah. Uh, Social media accelerated it a lot as well. I'm not saying it should be done. I'm saying social media accelerated it. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Rural War after that. Uh, Crockett, do you have anything else from, from Steiner right there? No, that's it. That's it. All right, let's go to the Row Warriors, uh, and um, they are pretty vicious. So here that is. Gentlemen, the word is out. We've seen it right here on Nationwide TV. You got him down, but not out. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Well, Tony Schiavone, now Dusty Rhodes has got a problem bigger than life itself. He's got a problem. What the Legion are doing in the Road Warriors? First, your biggest mistake, Dusty Rhodes, was coming out here on Nationwide Television. And even think about challenging me. Because I can beat you on your best day. And you know it. Now that was your biggest mistake. As these people out here are watching right now. You don't challenge the road warriors. We don't take any regrets. We don't even think twice about what we're doing. We got a set plan. Paul Ellering's great mind has everything worked out. What we're going to do to the finest detail. Dusty Rhodes. We use you as an example to everybody in professional wrestling. Don't question the Road Warriors or you will pay the price. Tell them, Hawk. Oh, have we been on a hell of a roll. You know something? First we lay out Sting and Luger. Then we capture the World Tag Team belts. And then we decide to take a spike to Dusty Rhodes' eye and shatter everybody's dream. Your dream, Dusty Rhodes, is going to be your nightmare because we're walking death right here, Dusty Rhodes. Something you can't handle. Something anti-Rhodes. Something anti-matter. A matter of factly. Prop, please. Thank you, precious Paul. Oh, you're one of the best that ever managed the best, the best for the best. Animal, pretend this is Dusty Rhodes' eye. <laughs> Sting! Sting! You got up the first time. Watch your back, Sting. Next time, you ain't gonna walk We snap on danger. We died on death. And this apple is no stinking good. <laughs> You know, Tony Schiavone, if I... Uh, I gotta cut off Ellering as usual, but... Thank you. Uh, your thoughts first, Crockett, on the Warriors right there. I mean, I love... We're walking death. Tremendous. Tremendous. And I think this is the first time I've ever seen a gimmicked apple. 
Why do you say that? It it was gimmicked. Was it? What do you mean? What do you mean yeah. it was gimmicked? How do you gimmick? He did it something to it. Uh, I, that's what I'm wondering. But he hits it, he hits it with this little spike, and it just like perfectly splits in half. Cuts in half. Yeah. Kayfabe, brother. Uh, it it anyway, does anyway, it perfectly, and it does. Like they almost had it like started, and it just kind of he wedged it apart. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. I mean, it, didn't, it wasn't like cut completely, but they did something to it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, th- this promo was ended perfectly by by Hawk. You know, this Apple is fucking terrible. Then Precious Paul, thank you very much for cutting him off because he goes on for another minute and just garbage oh <laughs> he does not need to speak ever oh crockett taking a shot at the legend paul ellering that's nice ah man anyway so there's that um javorski loves when i cut off ellering just so you know hopper he cranks it off oh. he takes a break and cranks it off when i cut off ellering well, that's a good thing i i guess you know it's his thing um so all right uh hopper your thoughts on the warriors right there he it's it's they don't want to boo him. They don't want to it's, boo him. They're they're so good at being heels. It's hard to boo them. I totally am with there with you. I uh, and it, they're, so, and they, they're so good. They they stab Dusty in the eye, and they <laughs> still don't fucking boo him. Yeah, but that's because people are tired of Dusty right now. At least I was in '88. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Because, I mean, like, if you think about when the Midnight, when they beat the piss out of the Midnight in New Orleans, the the match you were at, uh, I mean, I think the people there hated them, and I think the sympathy on the Midnight was good, but I, I just, I think people were tired of Dusty at this point, and it just sort of, I think that's part of it. I don't know. That's just Yeah, it's just a know. couple months, just a couple months back when uh, you know, he was calling out the, the fat broad who was... Yeah. He was uh, booing him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, he made fun of this fat woman in a crowd. That's not something a baby face does. So I, I agree. That's a that's a good callback, Crockett, because it's true. I think the I think they're just mad at him. I think they're just tired of Dusty, and that's that's part. Not not that the real words are bad. I think they're people just they're tired of Dusty, and and their promos are so good. They're just yeah, we're not gonna boo him. I think it's part of it. So okay. Uh, we keep going. We got the Varsity Club, uh, Mike Rotunda and Dr. Death out there versus supposed to be someone named Mr. Payne and Randy Malky. Malky shows up and says Mr. Payne isn't here, but he'll fight both of the Varsity Club. Um, Man, Kevin Sullivan slapped the hell out of the Malky guy at the very beginning when Malky says he'll wrestle both of them and gets in the ring. Hopper, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, any thoughts on the opening part, or would you like me to fast forward to uh, Mr. Payne? Uh, yeah, good at Mr. Payne. All right, so I'm, I'm fast-forwarded to it, and it was frozen for a second. So they're going to cut to the crowd, and there's a gentleman by the name of Mr. Payne who's got a mask on and amateur headgear on his head out in the audience. Uh, Crockett, uh, any thoughts on this as they go to what's happening here? I'm trying to figure out why he <laughs> wasn't out there at the beginning and, and why he's just hanging out watching his supposed tag team partner get the snoppy out of him. <laughs> Goofball trying to fool him. 
He's a goofball. It's so stupid. <laughs> Hopper. Oh, Hopper, I got to get you to weigh in. What do you have? This is great. <laughs> I love all this. Explain why you love it so much. Because it's so fucking goofy and it's real. And it's not rehearsed whatsoever. He is sitting in the crowd. We haven't said who Mr. Payne is yet, but he's sitting in the crowd with a mask on and Rick Steiner's headgear. It's incredible. And eventually he is going to come into the Oh, there it is. So let me go back some. If you're watching on our Patreon video, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT, Dr. Death power slams the monkey guy and Mr. Payne runs into the ring. Mr. Payne has red tights on and a red mask and Rick Steiner's yellow headgear on and he's now fighting off the varsity club so i mean it looks just like rick steiner but is it rick steiner hopper i don't know let's find out let's find out uh any other thoughts before we go to the actual promo of this uh, from mr payne that is hopper nah all right crockett i'm gonna go to it i'm assuming you want to hear it too so here it is we're going to go to Mr. Payne with David Crockett. Hey, Mr. Payne, are you around here? See if we can get Mr. Payne here. Because I want to talk to him after what he did to Dr. Death. And Mr. Payne. Listen to the fans. with me today. Wow. What happened to Alex? Alex is Rick Steiner's partner. This is Ralph. It's me. Crocky can't keep it together. <laughs> what do you want to tell me? What do you want to tell me? Uh, I want to ask you about Starcade. What? Huh? Those what? two goons that you just took, took, all right? I'm talking about Dr. Death and Mike Rotundo. You know what? Right, okay. Dr. Death is the guy that got me taken out of the varsity club. Well, I'm going to have a few things up my sleeve in my old uniform for old Dr. Death. I'm getting sick and tired of being traded around, traded this, doing this. Kevin Sullivan slapping me. Had enough of that. Oh my. I used to do that. Kevin Sullivan, he's going to be way up in the weed after. What? What? Doc, Dr. Payne? Mr. Payne? Mr. Payne! Mr. Payne! Oh, I like it, Mr. Payne. I'm really Rick. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually to come! I love this. <laughs> we'll see you later. Harper, you want to describe what just happened? He was like a little kid. Like, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> At the very end, he even said it. I'm Rick Steiner. <laughs> okay, the best part about that actually was David Crockett. He couldn't keep it together. He was just breaking cake. Uh. He was just laughing at him. Oh, boy. All right, Hopper, what else you got from it? It's so terrible. This it's is just so fun. It's fun <laughs> to watch. Uh, it was it was tremendous. Uh, Crockett, did you have anything uh, from this? It's so stupid. 
No, yeah, it's stupid. It's perfect. Maybe a little long for me, but you know, he, he could he could have got it done a little quicker. But no, for what it was, it was perfect. And I mean, this uh, you talked about guys dressed head to toe in red, like a Mister Payne. Did you guys see as the Varsity Club kind of walked off? One of the cameramen was in a full red Adidas jumpsuit from head yeah, to toe. Yeah, saw that. Absolute yeah. <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> like Run DMC in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, uh, dressing the part, I guess. I don't. Well, actually, I don't know if he's dressing the part. He's just. Uh, who knows? I mean, Corny said it used to be cold in that studio, so maybe that was his way of trying to stay warm. I don't know, but yeah, uh, it did go. This did go on for a while, but Steiner, he's so goofy. It's just ridiculously stupid in the best way possible. So it's something else. Mister Payne, aka Rick Steiner, right there. Uh, he did everything but but take the mask off completely and say I'm Rick Steiner, but I'm Mr. Payne. <laughs> so we go straight from that to Paul Jones. I have nothing from Paul Jones, Hopper. What about you? No, bro. No. He's, done. <laughs> <laughs> He's so tired of Paul Jones at this point. Yeah, that's uh, like what I say. Oh well, if they lose the match, they're going to see what, what their identity is. I don't want to know who, what their identity is. I I could give a fuck. <laughs> Hopper does not care about who the Russian assassins are. No, I don't. Dumb, huh? Ugh. 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 Stop. Ugh. Let me remind everyone. The powers of pain walked away from the territory and went up north to Mike Crockett's feud, uh, uh, organization. <laughs> and this is what we got stuck with in the aftermath. Ugh. Ugh is right. Ugh is right. Uh, Crockett, did you have any? I have nothing from this from Paul Jones. It went on way too long. Yeah, how long were the assassins around? Just a couple of months at this point. Oh, uh, they have been around since uh, right before the Great American Bash, I believe. So, um, yeah, six months. Yeah, it's a while now at this point because we're in December. So they're pushing six months at this stage. Yeah. Just say okay. five, say I mean, five, but it's, it's say, no, say five. And actually the, the second one came in later. It, yeah, you can't say six, just say four, four and a half, five. It, it, it's, it's, it has no legs. There's no emotional investment. It's terrible. Go ahead. Crockett. Yeah, Not long enough for you to give a shit who these guys are, right? Right. You just, there's nothing to it. There's no substance. There's nothing that you want to sink your teeth into. It's dumb. It's. I feel bad for Ivan Koloff being involved with it. It's just dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. We keep going. Luger I feel, defeats. I feel bad for us having to watch Ivan Koloff versus Paul Jones coming up. <laughs> oh, oh God. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the, the Clash review on, on, at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. All right. We're getting close to the end of this episode. So we're getting to wrap things up. Uh, we go to. Lex Luger, who defeats Terry Jones. Crockett, anything from it? It's just the fact that Jim Ross, you know, he always brings up the uh, the football backgrounds and stuff like that. And uh, very proudly saying that Lex Luger was signed by Joe Paterno, which doesn't really look good in this day and age. Yeah. Well, back then, you know, he was a, a fucking football coach hero. Yeah, back Joe then Pop. he was still Joe touching Pop. kids. 
Joe stop crying. Joe Pa was something <laughs> else. Yeah. Joe pa, Joe pa was a a legend at this time. Oh yeah. <sighs> Boy, that's a whole can of worms to talk about that. Big dog, I know you're listening. We're not bashing Joe Powell. Just that's a <laughs> oh boy, that's a uh, he he's a he's a Penn State guy. So uh oof. Yeah, that comment doesn't age well from Jim Ross. You you nailed no. it, Crockett. Uh did you have anything from Luger's promo hopper? Uh uh-uh. uh. I thought he was good. Did you have anything, uh, Crockett? I, I didn't want to play it. It was kinda long, but I thought he was fine. Did he start yeah, he's sweating? Fine. Did let me. I didn't have a note. Uh, Crockett, have you listened to our shows when we talk about uh, Luger sweating in the studio? <laughs> yes. Okay, so he's bone dry right here, Hopper. You see him? Uh. All right. So let's see if we advance a little bit. If he starts sweating, uh, still kind of dry. No, he's dry. Yeah. Dry. It's got two minutes to go, though. He's just getting warmed up. Oh, he's starting to sweat, but they don't zoom out. A little glistening there. Okay, he's starting to sweat. Oh, yeah, Hopper, there it is. But, it, but it's not. It's not bathtub yeah, like sweat, it, though. Yeah. I mean, that very first one he did, where we noticed it, he he looked like he had just got you know dumped with a bucket of ice water. <laughs> let's see. Let's keep going. Oh, it's starting to glisten okay, real good, Hopper. There you go. Oh, he's, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah, there it is. There's the waterworks. <laughs> he's, he's starting to squirt, Hopper. <laughs> All right. So we keep going. We got Oliver Humperdink. Uh, I thought he was great. He was trying to talk to people into the building for the uh, for the match coming up with him and uh, with Bam Bam Bigelow. And and, and who was it? Barry Windham. Uh, Crockett, did you have anything from it? Well, just the fact that he announces to the world that he's going to be carrying illegal weapons with him at Starcade. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, okay. Just, I mean, if I was the referee, I, I am, a, I was a referee in a former life, but if I was watching this, you know, I'd have to take issue with him at Starcade. I just think he looks so great in the sleaziest way possible. What do you think about his age? Do you remember what Doc said his age was? He was like, no. Was he still in his 30s? I thought he was 37. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it looks 50. <laughs> We've talked about this a hundred times. Uh, hold on one second. I will verify because I keep forgetting because my memory is just the worst on, on the planet. Uh, let's see how old he was. I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, so he was born in 1949. And this is 1988. So, do the math. That's what? What's that? That's 39 years old, right? Yeah. He's 39 right here. Man. <laughs> Hard life this brother had, man. <laughs> yeah, really. That uh, road life. Crockett, do you? Uh, are you with us? He looks like the uh, porn photographer. <laughs> I would I would th- just think uh, fake Lou Albano. That's my take. Oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that's true. Huh? He's oh. got that same kind of look to a certain extent. Yeah. Yes. His hair is perfect though, man. You can't tell him nothing. That red, <laughs> so that feathered red hair. That red flowing hair. Oh my god, the Hawaiian shirt, the glasses. 
I thought he was good though. He he was he was good. He pumped up his guy here. I thought that was fine. Anything else, Crockett? That was solid. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so we're going to go to the last match on the episode, and that is Bam Bam Bigelow, who defeats Max Miles. And But as the match ends, Barry Windham attacks Bigelow, and then J.J. attacks Humperdinck on the outside, and Windham hits Bigelow with the lariat in the ring. We basically got an old-school Southern wrestling brawl as we go off air. I'm kind of a sucker for this type of thing um, when they finish shows like this because it's hot and whatnot as they go off air. So I thought it was a good way to go off air. Crockett, anything else from it? Did you see the tremendous bump that Bam Bam took off the lariat? Yes, that's why I was pointing it out. I'm trying to fast forward to it because it was real. You know, Bigelow, he he will sell for guys almost to a fault, oh, yeah. I think, with some of these um, enhancement talents. But it did look good. Uh, it's coming up here. Uh, what else did you have, Crockett? And that's a well. One at one point, Bam Bam throws a clothesline in the match and kind of loses his balance and he falls forward, and like he like just uh, just goes right into push ups on the mat, just covering perfectly. You don't really even notice that he kind of fucked up, but he goes right into push ups, which is still pretty impressive for a three hundred and whatever pound guy. Did you ever cross paths with him in New England at all? No, no, Bam Bam, no. Okay, I was just curious. Uh, Hopper, any other thoughts as they brawl and go off air? I'm a good JJ was like trying to kill, uh, what's his name? Dude. Look at him, he's like, die, die, die. Look at him right there, he's choking the piss out of him, man. (laughs) Looks like the emperor. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a great, look at that camera shot when Barry attacks Bigelow. I thought that was a great camera shot because what they did was they kept the focus on both things. Like, so you see Barry and Bigelow in the ring and Barry delivering the lariat and also JJ and Humperdinck, like they're getting all the action in this shot for a few seconds. I thought it was pretty good as Humperdinck is literally getting choked to death by JJ Dillon. I mean, we've got attempted murder out here and you know, call the cops, stop the murder on TV. But nobody's doing anything. We got a murder happening. He's choking this man to death. All right. Uh, Are we ready to rate this thing, Hopper? Yeah. All right. Let's rate it. Before we do so, I want to remind everyone, please use our Amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. It is a great way to support the show without spending anything extra. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, ladies, dudes, family members, whoever uses Amazon. Give that link and tell them to use it every time they use Amazon. Uh, all right, uh, Crockett, I want you to go first. Uh, who are you going to give your Rolex to on this week's episode? You know how we do it. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Dusty, right? It's a, just a classic Dusty Rhodes promo. There's really, I mean, I'd say maybe Cornette would be second place. But, I mean, that Dusty promo, you can't beat it. I thought Dusty was good. Uh, Hopper, who are you going to give your Rolex to? I get mine to Rick Steiner. <laughs> okay, you want to know what's funny? I have Steiner written down as well. I thought you Dustin see? was good. I thought Cornette was good. Rick Steiner is a straight clown, a buffoon, and I, I had to give it to him because of that. I had to. So Rick Steiner's going to get it for me. So we got two Rolexes for Rick and Steiner, that is, and we got one for Dusty. Uh, Hopper, what are you going to rate it? I'll give it a B, a solid B. Just a B? Yeah. All right. I hear you. 
Uh, I'm going to give it an A. I thought this was a really good episode. I enjoyed it. The Steiner stuff, Ric Flair, Paul E. at the very beginning, Jim Cornette, good promo, Dusty, good promo. Sting was pitiful, as usual, on the mic, but, hey, it is what it is. And I'm going to give it an A. What are you going to give it, Crockett? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking B, too. Um, there's no, uh, obviously, no match that's worth anything in the show. I mean, the the promo, I, I like I said, dusty, classic promo, but nothing besides that that really makes me think this is an A show. Um, yeah, for me, it's a B, too. Oh, that Northeastern WWF bias, giving it a B. We are talking about Harper rated the same thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah. You know, he, gets a, he gets a pass because he's a Southern guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So we got two Bs, and I give it an A. All right. Well, we're getting to the end of this week's episode, and but before we get out of here, I want to uh, give Crockett an opportunity to uh, plug the wrestling podcast about nothing. Now, I know they aren't doing new shows, but they have a, a long catalog of really, really good interviews with some top talent in the world of pro wrestling. So I want to give Crockett a chance to uh, talk about that. Let us know what's going on over there. Even though it's not technically new stuff, it may be stuff you've never heard. Like I said, they interviewed, they had a really, really good interview with uh, Warbeard Hanson, uh, AKA Ivar now in the WWE. So uh, Crockett, if you want to tell the people what's going on over on your feed, uh, tell them how to find you on Twitter and what's going on on the WPAN feed. Yeah, so on the WPAN feed, uh, wrestling podcast about nothing. Like uh, Mills said, we ended the podcast episode 200. So, you know, solid four years. Um, we, we ended it basically because everyone got busy. And then basically the world ended and now everyone has nothing to do. So it's kind of perfect timing on our part. But anyway, uh, I am releasing... Uh, Interviews that we've done in the history of the podcast on on the feed. You can find basically the feed and my social media, everything else on uh, our website, the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. And uh, Brian Malonis, I mean, he's uh, ROH uh, superstar, but uh, they are shut down as just about every wrestling promotion is shut down. So I guess if you want to support, please support independent wrestling. And uh, if you want to support Brian Malona specifically, you can go to brianmalonis.com and check out the t-shirts he has there. And uh, yeah, because you know, we're all hurting now with what's going on out there. So make sure to support, uh, if not Brian Malonis, just any independent wrestler you find in general, go to their pro wrestling tea shop or, or whatnot. And, try to give a little something to these guys that uh, really got blindsided and have uh, no dollars coming in these next couple months, probably rough times for indie wrestlers, man. It's rough times. It's crazy, but Crockett, I wanted you to, I'm glad you plugged the WPAN and all the uh, classic interviews you drop in with uh, Hanson and whatnot and a bunch of others as well. It's not just Hanson. I mean, I know you guys have had a bunch of ROH guys on and, and whatnot so no good stuff and uh, yeah like crockett said support independent wrestlers right now if you can by purchasing their t-shirts or any other way that they uh, have out on their social media that you can support them uh hopper i'm not even going to ask you about wildcat because well yeah, the brakes have been put on to everything including wildcat so motherfucker it's a very very strange time man and I don't know how else to say it other than to say it's a very strange time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Harbor, anything else, fuck? though? 
Anything else before we get out of here? Any uh, shenanigans? Nothing. No, you're, you've been stuck at home, man, huh? Yeah, I can't do shit, bro. That's coming to an end. You'll be out. I You'll hope be out. so. You'll be out in another day or two. Don't uh, don't don't I'm don't scared. consider the 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 yeah. Don't off I'm yourself. Scared. It'll be all right. Don't be scared. I've been but... offing myself, man. That's so important. <laughs> I've been doing it about four times a day. Okay. <laughs> get it? Yes, I got it. I got all it. right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, everybody out there, follow us on our social media, whether it's Facebook at facebook.com slash booking the territory or on Twitter at BTT underscore podcast. All that good stuff. Check out our t shirts on the Pro Wrestling T store. Check out the wrestling. Uh, I was almost say I was almost about to say, Mike, check out the wrestling podcast about <laughs> nothing, but check out our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with uh, Mike and I's buddies, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT. Slightly classier. A little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. Uh, thanks, Joe and Quinn, for all of your plugs. And uh, give them a listen. Uh, I think you'll like them. They're independents just like we are. Again, the northern version, definitely classier, not as filthy. They are the professional wrestling podcast. We're the unprofessional, so there's that. And check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Pru and JV, our ECW hosts. They also do a podcast on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's all I have. Crockett, anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you'll probably be back next week, so thank you for, for joining us. We, we loved having you. Crockett, anything before we... I'm, I'm sorry. Harper, anything before we get out of here? Nope. All right, Harper. Hit the tagline. Get us out of here. Book it, bitch. Book it, bitch.